He walks on the street from Chelsea to Times Square. A personal chef without his cookware. He tells his stories with his minty name, Steve. Viva Remarkable, Steve Remarkable, Viva Remarkably Mark. Hey everyone, it's Chef Mark here, and welcome to this special edition of Remarkably Mark. I attended PodCamp Philly this past weekend in Philadelphia, and many props to Whitney Hoffman and all the great organizers of PodCamp Philly. And uh, this is audio that I recorded in one of the sessions. It was the uh, panel discussion about the Association for Downloadable Media, which is in its infancy, and uh, this was a... uh, a discussion that was about the organization, but also soliciting some uh, feedback and information for the formation of the organization. And leading the panel were Matthew Snodgrass from uh, Porter Novelli and John C. Havens, who is one of the lead organizers of PodCamp NYC. Um, in the room, in attendance, were several notables and uh, some of the people that you'll hear speaking on the tape, uh, Chris McDonald from Libsyn, Steve Garfield, um, David from David.com, Catherine Jones from Synchronous.tv, and Cece Chapman. And uh, also you'll hear a little bit from me. Um, I was among the many people asking the sort of challenging questions in the room. Uh, so I think you'll find it interesting, and um, you know, hopefully it will encourage you all to be a part of the conversation as well. Uh, keep in mind that I just had my recorder on in the middle of the room, and I had to levelate this so we could get all the all the audio at the same level. So sometimes uh, it's a bit loud because I think one of the people near the uh, near the recorder was rustling a little bit. So please uh, bear with that and uh, forgive the um, the noise if you hear that. And it's a bit of a long podcast. Also, um, we there was another session in the afternoon also discussing the ADM. And so I'll have that out uh, fairly soon. All right, enjoy. Hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody. You can all hit record now. Uh, my phone doesn't seem to be working, so we'll just talk loudly uh, uh, and hope that works out the best. Uh, thanks, everyone, for getting up bright and early for this PodCamp Philly. Um, I'm originally from the area, so uh, PodCamp Philly is very near and dear to my heart. And not to John's, I'll, I'll say. Not at all. He hated Philly. Uh, but uh, I'll let him speak to that later. Um, we're here to talk about today the Association for Downloadable Media. Um, an organization that started uh, not too long ago as an industry organization for podcasting. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you heard our theme song yet. <laughs> um, it's new. It's a new one. Is that a Casio? Yeah. <laughs> so let me go a bit about the uh, history of ADM and where it started. Um, Back in May of this year, a woman named Susan Bratton, who does the Personal Life Media Podcast, um, and was also one of the founding members of the IAB, got a bunch of uh, industry leaders together in San Francisco just to talk about podcasting in general, the need for an organization, association around podcasting. Should there be an association for podcasting? If so, what what should it be called? And, And it was really just... Uh, gather some people together to go, is this something that's needed? Because podcasting was sort of, it's, it's out there, it's sort of going on its own like a child in the backyard and it's, hey, they're having fun, but I think it needed a little more, more structure to help it survive as an industry. So um, following that, a bunch of people there, John was there, uh, Chris McDonald's is also another member of the uh, 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 ADM right now, Chris, raise your hand and don't shake the camera in, in the process. Um, Prior to that, uh, Chris and I were involved in a group called the Open Metrics Initiative that um, was sort of born out of PodCamp Boston to really more specifically address the need of um, reporting and metric standards in podcasting, like what's the subscription, what's the download, what's the nature of the audience, so that we can get that information back to, uh, to potential sponsors, because that's, that's the world that I come from. Working at Porta Novelli, I try to pair a lot of my clients with podcasts um, in the sponsorship fund. So if, if, if you're in it for the very egalitarian, I just love speaking and don't wish to make money, don't, please don't think that this is evil or anything. It's just here to foster an environment for, for growth and uh, monetization for your podcast in a way that the IAB was able to do for the internet and the way that folks like the NAB were able to do for television 
so many years ago. Although I should say, if you want to run and, and you get elected, you can make it pure evil if you want. It's up to you. <laughs> Entirely up to you. It's, as, as we'll see later on, it has nothing really to do with, with, with the group that started. Um, so one of the decisions that came out of it was to, in fact, start a podcasting association. We felt that the IAB and MMA um, weren't addressing podcasting specifically. I mean, they have a lot on their plate and they do that very well. But we felt that there was room for an association to, to cater to podcasters specifically. Um, it was really to address this need to open the, open the gates for money to start flowing to podcasts in a very, uh, in, in a more structured way. Um, on July 16th, we actually came out and opened uh, and announced the formation. Um, um, we had decided to do it behind closed doors at first because. We knew that if we had sort of leaked it out, it would have gone in many different directions with a lot of opinions, and it may have just, it may have ended, died before it even got a chance to start. So that was the only reason that it was sort of uh, uh, started in, we wouldn't say secrecy, but just not with a lot of fanfare until the 16th, at which point it's now open for everyone to join, and I encourage all to join so that everyone can help start to shape the, uh, um, the ADM and podcasting industry. Um, our mission, this is right off the site, and I won't read it because I hate when people read PowerPoint slides. Um, but as you, as you can see, and as you can see on the site, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons for the name Association for Downloadable Media and why the term podcasting isn't in the name at all, and that's been a bone of contention for some people, um, we had decided at the time that, we had noticed at the time from, from the opinions of, of a lot of people there that podcasting isn't the only vehicle by which the media is getting to people. It's coming over your phone, over your Nokia. It's coming over your iPhone. It's coming direct download off a computer. It's coming peer to peer. So we didn't want to sort of uh, put it in a corner that maybe the industry would grow beyond the term, and the term would become moot at that point. So that's why we say downloadable media. Um, and this is really this is an important point. It's open to when I say open to everyone, that means everyone who would like to join but open to everyone that touches podcasting, not just podcasters. It's publishers, it's advertisers, agencies, vendors who create podcasting tools. Everyone to, to just uh, get involved in how podcasting is going to take take shape. Don, tell us our goal. Is that goal? Oh, what button do I push to have the goal? Is this? <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to say, I just wanted to start a sort of a philosophical thing too because coming from having uh, worked with the New York pod camp and um, <clears throat> let me say this I was an actor for 15 years I bring that as a reference because I'm in all the acting unions the Screen Actors Guild uh, Equity and AFTRA okay when I was a younger meaning a newer actor uh, there were a lot of us who thought that joining the unions was pure evil and there were a lot of reasons to think that uh, maybe uh, but uh, I, I want to make a quick analogy to what we're doing. We're not a union, uh, so I, but the point is, is that one thing that I have a real heart for helping, if I get elected, to shape uh, ADM about is protection. Uh, you know, you may be hearing about, well, we're monetization, all those things, and those are very important. But also, there's uh, when you join, in my case, like the Screen Actors Guild, <clears throat> what that meant is it has nothing to talk, it, it doesn't affect your art. Right? We know Screen Actors Guild actors. We've all seen actors on TV and films that we think suck. We've all seen people who, we go to a little theater in the East Village and they're the most wonderful transformative thing we've seen ever. So one thing I wanted to point out is that although it's hard, one thing about ADN to think about is that you can separate for these discussions the idea of your art with the idea of commerce. They do, there's wonderful synergies when they join and you can make money off of what you love. And so, just from my standpoint, I speak for myself here, but one thing I'm very passionate about the ADM trying to make happen is protecting podcasters. And by protecting, I don't mean that, oh, you're little broken winged birds that need my protection. I mean that when you have a show, if you want to join us for 150 bucks, and we'll talk about the money and that type of thing later, one thing when I hand someone a Screen Actors Guild card or I say I'm a Screen Actors Guild card, they know about 14 things about me as, an, as a professional actor. And professional, I'm not trying to put any pejorative sense on professional or amateur. I'm talking about the distinction that when I walk on a set, I get paid a certain amount of money. I have to have a lunch break. If they go overtime, I get more money, okay? 
One thing that I think everyone would, would probably agree with here, and Matt is more of an expert obviously than I am, advertisers, and we put them in this big sort of universal advertising, and I will get back to our presentation quickly, I'm sure Matt is sweating. What are you doing, <laughs> off book? Um, <laughs> stop that, you bastard. This is what we talked about. Um, advertisers, first of all, are people trying to make a living, and um, uh, we'll talk about, anyway, try to get back in point here, but the point is, is that when someone, a vision that I have for ADM, is that a year down the road, you'll have a tag, a, a widget you put on your site that says ADM. Someone presses that button, they see your stats, and we help unify metrics so <coughs> what stats even means. So that within about 30 seconds or less, if someone comes to your site as a podcaster, if you choose to do so, you can say, here's my subscriptions, here's my downloads, here's my demographic. My audience is very advertisement you know, um, wary. So to advertise, I prefer a sponsor model. It really is about communication, if you want to monetize. And, and so one thing, I just want to set a little bit of my background of how I'm approaching ADM. And that said, I also want to make money off my content. I do. I hope that's okay to say, but tough if it isn't. I have a family and kids. I would rather make money off of what I love in an integritous way than temp. I did that for a long time and it really, really sucked. So anyway, that's my little intro, but I want to set that framework that before we just talk about monetization and all those things which are vital, um, there's a valid, very good reason as a podcaster to want to very clearly state to the industry at large, here's what I've chosen to say about myself as a professional, again, professional meaning in the monetization space. So there it is. So anyway, that's that long bullet. I won't take that long with each one, I promise. Um, is it return now? Yeah. So this is another thing. We have to help the industry, right? We're the folks who have been knee-deep in what, what, uh, what do these specific terms mean? What's a pre-roll? There's, there's, there's terminology that advertisers have used for years, correct? A lot of what we're doing with feeds and whatever else, people's eyes glaze over. And with podcasting being largely, largely a distribution method, we have to teach people. Advertisers don't give you money just because you say, we're a great community, we have great content, that's fine. You're asking them to give you money, okay? It's much like getting a sponsor, like I, I was our sponsorship liaison for PodCamp NYC. Walking up to someone and asking them to give you money means you have to communicate why they should. The same way that hopefully today will communicate effectively if you want to join why you should pay 150 bucks as a podcaster or 1,000 as a company. And uh, again, so the standardization is vital, right? Very quickly, do you all know what Arbitron is for radio? Does that sound familiar? If you want to buy an ad for a radio show, there's a thing called Arbitron ratings. I call it arbitrary ratings because what it is is they actually give people notebooks, paper notebooks, and say, hey, for the past two months or whatever it is, write down the shows you've listened to on radio, okay? That is now, currently, still, 2007, how the radio business determines CPMs, all those different terminologies, okay? So what I find that's fascinating is what people say to us in the downloadable thing, so wait, you can give me stats on people who come to the site, how many people downloaded, who subscribes, but do we know if they listen? <laughs> it's like, what, what do you, I don't know, ask Notebook Frank, you know, why, <laughs> what he listened to in the last two months. But the point is, is that's, irre that's irrelevant. That's the, that's the accepted standard, that's the language, that's the commerce of how things get done in the radio world. You can say it's strange or crazy, tough. That's just what it is. What we want to do is more adequately and, and, and correctly help the industry at large educate them and then standardize those terms so that we can get the best rates for this, for this, uh, this, uh, this medium that can so correctly say who's listening, who's downloading. Can you tell I just had coffee? Uh, international outreach, obviously podcasting is not North American. Uh, there's, uh, or yeah, North American or even the US. I know there's a bunch of good Canadian podcasters here today, obviously, UK is huge, Europe is huge, Australia. So once, th this is not uh, United States America centric, but it is, it has started here, so hopefully it will, but there's already people, uh, Dean Whitbread from the UK, and there's already members who are not just US, but obviously it's an international type of thing. That person's again for <coughs> membership. All right, so I'll talk quickly about membership. Um, $150 for individual just means if, if you're one person, you're an independent podcaster, that's your rate. 1000 for corporate, pretty obvious, I guess. If you work for, like I work for Blog Talk Radio, we joined, we paid the $1,000, but there's five transferable memberships 
for people in our company. Uh, the same for a nonprofit, it's 150. Oh, I'm in this one. Okay. I'm looking at the wrong slide. Here we go. Yeah, one for one. It's about okay. 10 seconds in front of anyone, anything Yes. Okay. Anything anybody's seen. <laughs> As you can see here in 20 There seconds. it is. Okay. <laughs> so, very, uh, at 3 o'clock today, there's going to be talk about association stuff in general, meaning um, if you're interested in forming another uh, association, if you want to ask, you know, what, why should we do, is there another alternative to ADM at 3 o'clock? And a lot of people have said, why are you guys taking money? <clears throat> and so specifically, there's things, uh, once the organization starts, certainly we're probably going to want to hire someone to do a lot of the admin duties, so they'll be paid. There may be a director position that's paid. But to be honest, again, we can't tell you because we're not the, the, we're not the final ADM. Meaning in two months when people are voted into office and the committees are made, they're going to be the ones to determine how those monies, future monies are being used. We, we have paid some money and Chris is the expert on this, like for a bank account, that type of thing. But also let me be, be very clear about when I joined the Screen Actors Guild, for instance, again, I'm sorry to keep making the acting analogy, but I think it fits. I paid $2,000 to join that union. That was just to join. I paid dues to be a part of it, okay? There's a couple things about that. First of all, Money, when you pay it, there's actually a good thing for you when you pay it. Meaning now you can hold the ADM people. It's not just, um, and I, I ran a PodCamp, so I can say this with love. PodCamp, if you come, it's free. And that's wonderful that we're here that it's free. But if you pay me $150, I owe you $150 worth of something, right? So first of all, just I think there's not a credibility. It doesn't mean that not paying is not credible. But when you pay, there's there's something about the fact that we have to provide. Um, it's a legal binding thing. Um, also, it's very, it's, it's typical and it would be sort of atypical to have an association where you didn't have money to help run the event. Because then again, you are expected and deserve a conference, you know, of different membership benefits I'll talk about in a minute. So, yeah, as, as, as an example, for instance, <coughs> uh, rates that the IAB have on the low side run anywhere from $5,000. On the highs, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe I'm the only one who thinks that I'm, I'm not getting what you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh, we let, too. Let, let's just <laughs> let's let's agree that everybody wants to pay the 150 uh -huh. and we feel it's valuable. Well, what do I get? You know, what are the benefits? Those those slides are coming up. I, I and I, just in the spirit of not skipping ahead, but we have an entire slide and a half dedicated <laughs> to that. So yeah, th that's that's one of the things we we had to say is all right. What are you getting for your money? And hopefully, um, as you'll see a little late, later on, true, real examples of what that is. Um, just to talk about the corporate governance, probably better than John Wright to do is, is maybe Chris um, talk about the corporate governance because he has a higher order of, uh, of, of understanding of this than John and I ever hoped just to. Wanted. Totally unprepared to speak, but um, okay, so. Hey guys, you know what? The people in the audience, am I the only one who feels this way? Do you, you guys want them to flip it? Someone else say something. Flip it, like talk about your question first? That's, yeah. that's fine with me. Do you want oh yeah, to? yeah, sure. Okay. Absolutely skip ahead. I want to hear the benefits. Okay, so. And then tell me, you know, sure all this thing. other stuff. One, one of the benefits. Well, yeah, let me, let me go to that. We, one of the benefits is we'll flip ahead. We will flip ahead on our presentation. <laughs> so the, these are some of the these some of the benefits. Again, I apologize for putting you on the spot, and we, I do want to go back to that because it's important for laying laying the groundwork on how the the group is going to be accountable. Um, um, right off the bat, when you get when you become a part of this, a part of the ADM. You're going to have a seat at the table of defining what the podcasting industry is going to shape up to be, um, how that takes form, wh what direction it's going to go. You're going to have a voice in, in saying how that happens. Um, this is an important point that John touched on briefly, ad unit effectiveness. Um, much like radio, much like television, ad units are defined and ad units are, are set in certain standards. There's a 15-second commercial on television. There's a 30-second commercial on television. There's radio spots that run in a certain rotation. Those are defined standards that advertisers say, I understand what the ad unit is. So I know what I'm buying. 
And in television, they, they create a 30 second spot and a 15 second spot and they go, I know that you're going to air it, it's going to air in a certain spot and you're going to air it in its entirety. Podcasting right now is sort of like, some people do a product mention, some there's people do a sponsor mention, some people just put an advertisement in in the head of the show or the middle of the show, if it's like an automated thing that'll drop in the middle or the end. It's kind of undefined right now. So if we can help define what an ad unit is so that advertisers can go, oh, I, I see ADM logo on your site. I understand that you will abide by the advertising standards that you set forth. So I know what I'm buying. So that's, that, being a part of that is saying is sort of saying to advertisers, you can advertise with me because I, will, I, will, I know the standard by which we've all agreed to, to handle advertising. So that's an advertiser benefit, not necessarily a podcaster Well, it's a podcaster benefit as well because as someone who's a, a conduit between advertisers and podcasters, like our company has set up the, the sponsorship between Dixie and MommyCast, um, it was a lot of man hours in figuring out, well, well, what's the sponsorship going to be and how's it going to take form and what are they going to say and when are they going to say it, where's the logo placement, more hours in, in, in man hours, billable hours, than should have been spent on something like that. So every new sponsorship that I handle, like for clients like HP and Oral-B and, and that get onto podcasts like you guys, it's a lot of work in trying to figure out, well, how's it going to take shape? When's it going to run? How's it going to run? But if there was a standardization set, it would facilitate the process for advertising to happen that much quicker and that much easier. And, and a piece of that is not about determining a better format. Right? Because, as we all know, we all have very unique approaches to how we're, you know, attempting to, to gain access to audience, but also to convey communication. But when it comes to having professional organizations, first of all, a lot of professional organizations at this point, they really don't know a lot about podcasting. And, and I'm, I'm not going to detract from some of the benefits, but the reality is those in the know are grappling with this stuff. Those that are starting uh, are spending a lot of time kind of managing all these issues. So and how are you guys not a union? Right, that's what I'm grappling with here, listening to you guys talk, is uh, I'm, not, I'm not getting the difference between you and a union. And I'm a blogger, not a podcast. Sure. Uh, and there's this whole thing that started at Daily Cause and, um, and uh, uh, Blog Her about unionizing bloggers. Mm -hmm. That you know, it's just a continual conversation that starts and stops and starts and stops because there's no real solution to that problem. Right. So how I'm listening to what you guys are talking about, and you sound like every other union on the planet, and I'm wondering how you, I mean, who, no offense, but what gives you guys the authority to do what you're doing? And can I ask, when you say union, can you Well, you pay define? dues. You pay dues to a union. Mm -hmm. You get certain services from a union, including potential legal representation, um, uh, making sure you, the union members are paid fair standard wages according right. to whatever collective bargaining is. Um, and I've never been a part of a union, so I'm really going based on what I understand. Of sure. Um, and, and it's enforceable because somebody stands up if there's something goes up against management and says you need to pay these people this amount. And, right. and there's some kind of collective bargaining there, but as a blogger and as podcasters, we're all very independent. Right. Can I take a and so, yeah, sure. So when, the way I understand unions, and I'm not a union expert either, I've never been party to a union, um, been a freelancer for a long period of time, and now work for a few, uh, an organization. It strikes me that what a union is, is, a, is an effort. I've heard some similarities. The similarities to me are that unions in general collect resources in order to affect change. So I would say in that case, ADM really is about collaborating, getting a lot of people together to affect specific change. In the absence of the collaboration, it's going to be harder. But I think things start to fall apart in terms of the analogy. When, when I think about a union, a union oftentimes is, is uh, dedicated to a very specific issue, and it's usually the disenfranchisement of a particular group that by virtue of the fact that there's no union, there's some kind of either manipulation or problem that needs to be overcome. And by virtue of the union, you can have this kind of issue that uh, and then affect the change that we just spoke about. There's no particular 
um, manipulation or issue that's happening in this industry. What's happening is we have a fragmented uh, collection of interests. We have podcasters, publishers, media creators who are all interested in gaining access to new audiences and they, some of them want to make some money. We've got companies, service providers that see a market opportunity to intermediate and to tr provide services that help publishers do what they want to do, for example. And then you have more traditional media companies that are coming into experiencing these new Web 2.0, for lack of a better word, experiences and, and, and opportunities and saying, okay, how can we play in this space? And while there might not be that level of disenfranchisement, there's a lot of miscommun potential miscommunication and a lot of opportunity to educate and to create a path that's hopefully the path of least resistance to get the biggest amount of change. And that's what we believe ADM's about. What gives us the authority? No more authority than any of you guys. Um, we believe that banding together, as much as a company would want to band together to try to uh, share resources or uh, different organizations to get together, would make better sense than doing it alone. And we've been doing it alone since October of 04, and we've gotten a long way. But we believe that together we can get a little bit further. Yeah, for us, it's really about empowerment. I mean, only collectively can we all go, our content is worth something. We're going to stand up and say that it is. This is what we're saying it's worth. Here's how to start sponsoring this, advertising this, getting us in this. Because I'm, I'm sort of a, I'm, I'm not, a tr I have a podcast, I'm not a true podcaster, not an advertiser. I stand in the middle of wanting podcasting to survive. Um, and, and to see it sort of drifting on its own, I think it runs the risk of not, um, and just sort of, you know, other media companies, large com companies, finally waking up and doing it and doing it harder and better and throwing more money at it. So I think that getting all podcasters together, because it's using that sense of community to go, we're a force to be reckoned with, and this is, this is we're, we're getting together now. Because the ADM isn't just three people or whatever standing up here. Our goal is to get, have ADM be everybody so that everyone can have a voice at the table and say, I think I have value in my show, and this is the means by which I'm going to say that there is value. Yeah. The, the, it seems to me that there's a fundamental question, or rather a fundamental assumption that is at play here, that there's an assumption that there should be a standard by which it's all defined. And I think that's something that needs to be examined, um, not necessarily assumed. Uh, because I mean, my immediate thought is, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it is, seems like a great idea, but what if those standards are different from what various individuals might want? As their standard. That's okay. a good point. Um, and, the, and can I take this one? Yeah, no. It's like, <laughs> no, he went, I went. No, no, it's a great point, Mark. That's an excellent point. Here's the thing, and I want to touch on unions, okay? They're, they're, being in a union, to, to say, it's very vague to say unions are good or bad because there's as many unions as there are people. What, what I said before about the acting analogy is, again, in terms of, back to Linda's question, but what's a benefit to a podcaster? Let me do this. Let me be interactive and I'll podcast be. Who here has any kind of video or audio podcast at all? Okay, if someone called you and said, I really like your content, I have advertisers who would pay you, who would at least you know, talk to them and see if that might work out for them? Who would have a conversation versus and again, I'm not trying to say it would be wrong if you said, no, thank you, I, I don't want to advertise. That's a very valid and that's a fine choice. Yeah. That's an utterly One valid choice. Right? The there, there's, like I said with the acting thing, I can name you a thousand of my friends, well, a hundred of my dear friends who are the best actors I've ever seen that will never, they don't want to get paid. They're in community theater. And I go to see them. And then I go and see bad shows on Broadway or watch horrible reality shows on TV. What we have to talk about is if you get that phone call, what do you want to have happen if you are interested in either monetizing or maybe not monetizing, but they call you and say, hey, we're doing research to help a different podcasting association, not ADM. Would you be willing to share A, B, C, and D about your metrics to help that, right? Remember, this a whole other side to ADM, a very important part, is simply trying to say to the industry at large, hey, C.C. Chapman has 10,000 people listening to his show and downloading it. What value do you place on that? then we as podcasters, and, and I say we, I should say, as a content creator largely on my own, personally I work for a company where we're a network, 
But then I would say, well, this is the content. It's utterly valuable. And then I'm gonna say, CC's, it should be paid $100,000. And the advertiser's gonna go, I wanna pay 10. So then a union means there's a body of people who, if I can say it, will be a big pain in the ass. If they go, no, $10, and they'll say, no. And then if we all band together, I've been on union strikes, they aren't fun. You feel like you're powerless unless you have, anyway, CC, I'm sorry. Disclaimer, I am a member of the ADM, but one question that I have, and I don't know the answer to, because I think we're ADM still figuring everything out, is, and I'm, I'm curious about the answer to this, unlike, the, maybe it is like the union, I know as a SAG member, you can't go do community theater necessarily. You know, there's a different rule, you can't, there's certain things you can't do. If I'm a member of the ADM, and I think this is the question that people would, would, would want to know, and I'm curious about the answer to, um, is sponsor comes to me and wants, I can do whatever I want with them, correct? Absolutely. I mean, I don't have to go by any ADM standards, or I don't have to. No, and it's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, However, and this is sort of what the, was the heart of my question here, was that, look, if we're already monetizing, we're our, we've already got our metrics, we've already figured out how we're doing it, and we're making money doing it, and then this, this organization comes along and says, well, these are the standards. Then it's like, you know, in certain cases, it's like that could really screw with what we're already got going. Well, you'd be a really incredible resource because you're one of the, I mean, again, can I say this? If you're making money off of your work, I want to know what you're doing. And this is the type of thing, if we can emulate your metrics, and, and again, that's totally up to you, but say, if Mark, if you joined on whatever level, committee, whatever, and said, this is what's been effective to help, then you could help other podcasters do what you're doing. And if, you're, if your metrics, if you're already doing it, then it may simply be, and again, but that's right, it. I totally get that. I guess the, the thought comes to mind that, ah, so if these standards are created, and it's sort of like at this time, this is sort of, you know, per the CPM, la da da what if someone is making more than that already, then the, the advertisers all of a sudden get to say, oh, well, actually, we don't have to pay you that much because everyone else wants this much. Well, let's, let's, let's cut to the chase here. ADM, I don't believe, has been considering going uh, into a path that would recommend rates or would particularly recommend types or characteristics of messaging. For example, to say that a pre-roll would be more valuable than a post-roll or that a embedded conversation. We can all agree or disagree and I'll talk about that. What we're really talking is almost anthropological. We'd say there's a pre-roll. And a pre-roll has the following characteristics. It comes before the content. And, 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 and that would be an example of, I think maybe the term standardization has got a lot of baggage to it because it seems to imply for a lot of people that standard means required uh, ways of doing things. Especially when you pair the word with industry. Yeah. Like well, it's more, just, you know, it's more just agreed upon. But the, the other harsh reality about this is that advertisers will self-organize, right? So there's a lot of industries that are gonna be making phone calls and talking about, well, here's an example. You know, every, you know, there's a big long discussion about CPMs. And then there seems to be the assumption that the way one gets paid is through CPM. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people out there that feel that that's a high, me included, a highly inadequate way to measure value. And, and um, why not talk about a metric or a set of standards that, that measures engagement and then, and then appropriately provides value for that sort of transaction or the ability to measure how many people talk about word of mouth. A lot more complex. But I think we're, I'm not speaking for everybody, but we're, I'm certainly interested in contributing my time to get to the meat of those issues and then to create a forum so that when someone says, okay, what's a WOM, you know, word of mouth unit, let's, so let's say that's what turns out to be the, hey, love that? Um, <laughs> it, if that turns out to be uh, the, the, a standard, uh, that at least we could articulate that as a collective and say that's a way that uh, things could occur. And another point, I'll get to the question, another point is that um, podcasting, I think we're all aware of this, has an inherent value in messaging over other media out there. There's a, there's a truer connection, there's a deeper connection with your audience that happens via podcasting. Advertisers don't know that. They don't know of it, they don't know how to name it, they don't know how to value of it. 
somebody's going to have to, or, or it'll be, it's not going to happen. And I say, I say this with full confidence and experience coming from the advertising world and coming from the agency world, it won't happen unless somebody says, this is podcasting. This is the true value of it. And in order for that to happen, there has to be research done and studies done. And, th and that can't be done by a bunch of people doing it on their own, but through an industry organization that sponsors a, um, a study or sponsors a survey that says, this is the true, let me give you the real example. I'll cut through the bullshit. Um, I just negotiated a couple months ago the, the contract for the second year between Dixie and Mommy Cast. We upped the rate, I'm not gonna say it was, but we upped it by about 30% over last year's rate. And the only reason, it was, it was on the fence. I had to push for the Mommy Cast um, for, their, for their sake to get the second year deal. And the only reason it happened was because of a study that we did last year of Mommy Cast listeners and the connection that they made to their listeners saying, one of the stats was 29.1, I'm sorry, MommyCast listeners told an average of 29.1 friends about Dixie. Dixie heard that and went, wow, we would never see numbers like that in any of our other marketing, marketing media. It's not in our mix. But only through surveys like that and true evidence of the power of podcasting is an advertiser going to go, you know what, yeah, I'm with you, here you go. Because it's not going to happen otherwise. Uh, I'm sorry, you, you had a question. Yeah, I just want, it's not even a question, it's a comment. Yeah. Which is, you know, this is the Wild West. A lot of things are happening, and things are happening in new ways, and I think next year we're going to be seeing people do things in ways we can't even imagine right now. I, I, mean, I have just raised more than $35,000 worth of goods and services, and I've made everything up. I mean, because Cooper, it's a lot of what you're talking about. Working my butt off here, but I'm, really, I'm sure. so passionate about what we're creating in this community. But I mean, I have to say that I think everything up, and include from like what they're getting. I mean, I've done a lot of research. I know all the numbers, but I have to like, to, to talk to someone to giving me three cameras, to talk to someone to giving me two apartments, mm -hmm. to talk to someone to giving me a TriCaster. I have to be able to tell them what they're doing in return, and also just in terms of like WordPress templates. I initially was using the, the IAB template, which didn't end up working for me in terms of like what they're getting in terms of the banner. But even that, like, what if there's a WordPress template that says like my my ad size is 245 pixels? Sure. What if there's a WordPress pixel, a WordPress template that is now standard? Right. So th those things are very very useful. I and mean, there's other things that we haven't even touched upon, like what Lonely Girl 15 did with I think Neutrogena. Am I right in that the company's Neutrogena? Mm -hmm. And I'm doing that too, actually. I'm inserting a company into my plotline. Mm -hmm. um, What's that worth? You know, like I'm just there's a, there's a lot coming up for me. I'm just saying that has value. And if I could have pointed to an organization and said this is what that organization said, I would probably have had to do 20 hours less work. Well, to give you the real world example of how that would work, and I, and I applaud you for doing that. Literally, great job. Um, you're doing that in I forgot your name. I'm Catherine. Catherine, you do that in that Catherine way, and Catherine has a means of by which to doing it, and Cece's going to have another way, and Robert's going to have another way. And you count that by the number of people here and the number of podcasters who want to montage content. And advertisers are going to go, whoa, wait, what was the Kathy way? And what and CC set up this? And, and while those deals can happen, and we're not saying they shouldn't or couldn't, but if we can facilitate a way to get that, just that, there's a, there's a gate closed of money waiting to be opened. If we can at least start to get that to trickle in to podcasters in, the, in an insertion, in an advertising, as sponsor mentioned, is at least 10 seconds, at least 30 seconds. So we can truly say, and let's get. Too. Like yeah. Sometimes people want a 15 seconds pre roll. And I'm, I mean, I have studies that say that's actually not effective. People, unless I'm NBC and they know what they're getting at the end of mm -hmm. the 15 seconds, they're not going to stick around. Right. I'm not a famous person. So, like, even like studies like that that show you know really what's better. Yeah. A three second spot at the beginning, followed by a 10 second spot at yeah. the end. That would be so much more helpful to me when I'm Sure. And the point is, that that's the, the hit nail on the head. I don't know. Right. We don't know. And only through studies and research is anybody going to know. I mean, this is happening on a small scale already. Um, we have Lee uh, from Podango here running a network that is doing that is setting up their own advertising standard with some amazing um, um, technologies in doing so. So they're taking this in their own microcosm level to monetize themselves because they're saying Lee's not in this for the shits and giggles of it. Believe me, he's got. 
bills to pay, and as I'm sure everybody else does. <laughs> exactly. So he's already doing it on microcosm and making it work. And Podshow's doing it over here, and Podtech's doing it over here. So what we want to do is go, you know what? There's a lot of money in advertising that's going away from radio. Sorry, Frank, he's a big radio guy in Philadelphia. It's going away from television. It's like AA. And it's going away from print, and we know this. We've seen the reports in, in, in advertising. It's going to go somewhere. I want to try to get it to go to us. Let's do member benefits before. Yeah. No, this is I a pod. This is a pod camp. Go ahead. Question yeah. that I think it's important to yeah. ask, which is, what is any of these organizations going to do about forget the money, forget the advertisers? Mm -hmm. How do you tell people what the hell a podcast is? And I think that's your basic problem. Yeah. Because it's all well and good to tell it to everybody who sort of knows what it is, but I the biggest. The biggest problem I find is, yeah, okay, maybe somebody has sort of thought about a podcast who doesn't know it, but that's the biggest problem with I, podcasting is actually getting yeah. people to talk to people and show them how to listen to Give them. you another real, real world example. Um, I had a client um, a few months ago after I had lunch with uh, Wedding Podcast Network. I thought it would be a great connection. Talked them up about what the sponsorship deal could be, and they went, what's a podcast? And I went, no, 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 you don't do that. <laughs> but I mean, it's in my head, in my head, inside my head, but there, there's a lot of old world guard out there Absolutely. that is in charge of the floodgates and in charge of, of, of how money changes hands. And I can say, no, there's this real connection. And they go, prove it. Uh, but you see, don't you think that's where the effort should be focused at this point? Absolutely. 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 And one of the main yeah, charges that's, that's been articulated. Three o'clock, we continue the conversation. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, is, there is a, a, good point. a, a, a this larger is discussion is on at, at 3 o'clock. But, but yeah. yeah, go ahead. Right. I, I know that you're preaching to a friendly audience here, but <laughs> your presentation is fraught with inconsistency. Uh -huh. All right? You call yourself an association of downloadable media, yet I'm hearing union and trade association. I'm hearing um, concepts about not setting prices, but talking about standards, and then you're talking about, well, setting a floor. And as soon as you start setting floors on prices and what people should at least be getting, that brings up the concept of ceilings on pricing. And you know, once you open the, the door, you're going to get that as well. And then you run into the issue of the market talking about what people are saying, well, I'm only going to pay X for this because that's what you know, this, you're setting the standard at. Mm -hmm. okay, can, um, I take, can I take this one? Look, first of all, just to answer quickly, first of all, please don't, union, I only use that as an analogy. Second of all, just to cut <laughs> Thanks, to the chase. You bring up an excellent point, but one thing I do want to stress is that I, I do think we should talk about membership benefits because it's a very important question. Why do you join? Period. That's a great question. ADM, if you want to join a different association, great. But then, to your point, we can tell you what we have tried to do but ADM does not exist yet, as it were. In two months, when people get elected into positions and the committees are formed, that's where these excellent questions are going to come up and, and by you, well, by you, by, by you. The point here is um, credibility. How are you going to amass the credibility? One to be taken seriously, and as Catherine was saying, this is the Wild West. Um, I can go in New York City. I have access to almost like all the people in New York, uh, New Media community, and I can get whatever done and I can pretty much call the price because they're just out there and everybody wants work and it's available. Um, not that I want to cheat them, but the saying is that the, the demand is there and the supply is there. Um, I'm just not sensing that when it gets down to it, how are you going to police and how are you going to be you know, becoming an actual organization that has teeth? Well, we don't want to even say we're union. We really don't want to say we're the police. But there's a policing aspect. Oh, we're training association. <laughs> It's just, you know, these questions are going to arise, and people are going to say, well, how are you going to maintain standards? How are you going to make sure that people are adhering to what, you know, what information your association is putting out there? I just spent, 12, I just spent 12 years at the trade association before I joined the Freedom Education. It's not about policing. It's not about standards. The association that I came from started as a, as a collection to set a standard for sound recordings, and it has become a lobbying voice and entity for the, for the record. It's not about policing members. The, the individual six or seven larger members that make up the association, plus the other 300 or so independent labels, each, collective, each collectively have a voice in terms of shaping goals, policy decisions, and then individually, 
cannot go off and do their own thing. We don't tell, we didn't tell Mabel A to not cut a deal with Mabel B or not cut a distribution deal. Those individual business decisions that they're capable of doing on their own have nothing to do with us. As their trade entity, we have a collective voice when it comes to a collective condition or a collective decision. I don't see this as being anything different. That's the challenge is that the visions are all over the place. It is yeah. It is the wild, wild west. Right. Yeah. And really, the biggest concern that, that I've had, and I'm a member of the EDM at Pot Angle, we threw our thousand in because we believe in what the, the central mission was, and that is let's get at some idea of how we talk about things. And that's the biggest benefit that I see. Let's get some common nomenclature and let's get a voice. Well, at this point, there is no voice. At this point, there's 10,000 10, voices all talking at once. Exactly. As opposed to and no one will hear it. And no one will hear it. It's going to sound. It'll, 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 it'll away noise. You just described a central mission, a central benefit, and we need to focus on one of those. With the and, and, and deliver it's on that. Telling, it's not about telling you versus you. You can only do you know a deal for this much money versus this. If you can cut a side deal, great. Knock yourself out. If you can make more money, this is about defining an industry and how we can sell what we want to sell and how it's because just like I said, you're you're trying to break. 50 years of radio broadcasters and television broadcasters and their jargon that they created 50 years ago and make it something else. I've spent the last month of my life working for this company trying to get record labels and artists to get involved and sell ads on our shows. Like, what are you talking about? Why would I want to buy an ad on a pop show? Why would I? Why would I say, well, because you can do this. Yes, so what? Yeah, to give you I can just do a banner ad on billboard.com. <laughs> give you a great example how people are not going to follow the flow of the of the industry standards that have been set. Um, in May, we just passed the upfront season, which is where all the advertisers uh, get access to the television shows from the networks and then decide how much they're going to buy and what they're going to buy in the, in the coming seasons. Last year's 2006 was the first time the upfront season was ever down in total buying spend. First time ever. It's a real sign of the, of the beginning of the end for television. We're at the beginning of being at the top exclusively. This year, this year's upfront, um, when it looked like it was going to go worse, you know what they did? They raised the rates. <coughs> kind of odd, though, right? <laughs> but, but, there, but the reason behind this was we know our numbers are declining, but we also know we're the, still the only way you can reach 17 million people at a pop. High School Musical 2, 17 million people viewing it. And they, they realized... We know we're, we're, we're up Shit's Creek, but we still got the biggest boat, so uh, we're raising our rates. That's, that's the kind of mentality is, let's squeeze it for every last little, eh, okay, let's switch to podcast. Can we talk about that? Yeah, member Ben. Chris, did you want to, I didn't want to dismiss Chris, no, 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 please, please, please also, Lee is going to be speaking at three. This conversation is perfect. And we're not done, uh, I'm speaking next. I'm fine with, uh, with going into the transparency thing a little, if you want to stay, because the membership benefits is a very important question for the podcast. So a lot of this is, is giving you guys artillery to go. Uh, if you can have access to white papers and research and findings, we want to give you guys um, access to the artillery that you can go to advertise and say, this is the research that we found that why podcasting is so great. I have a quick question. Yes. Um, I, I just do podcasts for fun. I've done like 12 episodes. Pretty good quality. Uh, but it seems like... How would this benefit me, or is this not? It would. Is this for a hardcore, you know, this yeah. is 40 hour work stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, I do a podcast that I don't expect I'll ever make money on, and that's fine with me. Okay. And I, and I don't join the ADM for that reason. It's more, I want to see podcasting survive. Well, I, I, but I'll disagree in the sense that a couple of things that, again, I'm not, I'm not on ADM yet, I'm, I'm, but, but if I get in, one of the things, membership benefits that are pragmatic that you can actually touch and whatever. Uh, white papers. So if you're a new podcaster like yourself, it's not a central vision and this would have to be voted on by the committee, but we could say for indie podcasters who join, what are the first 10 questions everybody asks? So you're paying me $150 even if you've done 12 shows and you say, I don't know if I want to monetize. We owe you, here's a white paper on whatever. Maybe it's just a link page of all the members. Jason, he's not a member yet. Jason Van Orden, learn his tutorials. Yada, yada, yada. So right away, 150 bucks, you have a concise resource, a listing, and again, these are things that are not firmly established. You would, if you wanted to join and make them happen. Um, likewise, for the um, advertiser side, I think even more important is white papers. Hey guys, uh, hey, uh, for advertisers, a paper on the nature of long tail advertising, for instance, meaning they don't understand that when an ad is embedded in content that lives for 10 months, they still make money for 10 months. There's just a lot of ignorance. 
On top of that, a listserv, right? The people in this room, whether or not we agree on this issue, I want to know who all of you are, your wisdom, etc. A listserv where when I email my podcasting questions to you, the, the, that listserv is much more effective. Maybe a job board. Maybe an advertiser is last minute looking for a buy and says, I need a show that's video that's set in New York that favors this demographic. Catherine reads it, she gets in touch with them, they have this common rubric of, of ways to communicate, ad buy stuff, she makes money, okay? Another thing, um, a directory we think would be great, just even having emails and phone numbers for a lot of people here would be a big deal. Um, and a big thing that we didn't talk about is if you want to monetize um, things like what if you want a boilerplate contract, and I think this is a big deal. We couldn't by any means, we're not a legal entity, but there's a woman named Colette Vogel who's one of the current members. She could draft a, a document so that when you went to an advertiser, if an advertiser called you and said, we'd like to do a deal, you could at least say, well, this boilerplate document says that you're supposed to give me X. You haven't talked about exit yet. My digital rights, for instance, okay? We were talking about money. We haven't talked about rights issues. A lot of people here may not care about getting paid, but you certainly wouldn't want people to own the rights to your feed or your content. If you have these documents that these group of people said, especially someone like Matthew, this is what advertisers ask me, A, B, C, D, and E. If I want to get paid, with all due respect, Matthew deals with people who pay podcasters. He's a good resource. So if he says, these are the five first questions they ask, and I'm a podcaster who wants to make money, we want to give you the type of document that we say, A, B, C, and D, you need your subscribers. You need how many downloads, demographics. So if all that stuff, when you join for $150, is already part of a content library. Anyway, so those are some of the more pragmatic things. And do please come back at 3. It won't be just ADM-focused, but also ask the three of us. It's back in this room at 3 o'clock. Yeah. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight.